welcome and thank you for joining us for our event today. We meet just one week ahead of May's local mayoral and Scottish parliamentary elections. And one of those elections is a first, the 2.3 million residents of West Yorkshire, combining Bradford, Calderville, Kirklees, Leeds and Wakefield, will have the chance to vote for a Metro Mayor for the first time. Today, we're here with one of the mayoral candidates and odds on favourite, Tracy Braven MP. This is CPP's third event of 2021, so do please sign up to our events bulletin on our website for more if you haven't already. We're webcasting this session, sadly not yet in real life, but on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. So hello to all of you joining us on our various platforms. Please do join the conversation and tweet questions, comments. Um, we're at Centre Pro Policy and our hashtag for today's discussion is CPP Devolution or join us on our Facebook Live. Those joining us here on Zoom can ask questions via the Q&A function, which I'll do my best to feed in as we move to questions in the second part of today's conversation. So um, first, let me just introduce Tracy Braben. For those of you who don't recognise her already, Tracy has had a long-standing career in the public eye with three decades in the entertainment industry. Tracy became the Labour Member of Parliament for Batley and Spen in 2016 and was re-elected in both 2017 and again in 2019. She is now running to be Mayor of West Yorkshire and Police and Crime Commissioner, and if successful, she would be the first female Metro Mayor in England. So ahead of the upcoming elections today, we will discuss her candidacy, her vision for the region and the future of devolution, no less. But um, without further ado, I will pass over to Tracy for her opening remarks. Well, thank you for that introduction. And it's very troubling to be the odds on favourites because you, I'm not sure it's true. Certainly with um, the vaccine bounce, with potentially a low turnout, um, it's every, everything is to play for and we are battling to get every vote. So it's a real pleasure to be here and spend some time with you today. And I'm really looking forward to your questions. I know you take a great interest uh, in inclusive growth and there's lots that we have in common that we can discuss and uh, try and find some solutions going forward as well. So uh, as was said, if I am elected, I will be the first woman Metro Mayor in the country. I'm not quite sure why that is. I've got some great male um, Labour colleagues who are mayors across the country. Um, and it's about time, I think, we had a woman in the room uh, to, to have their voice heard. And West Yorkshire is an amazing place to live and work. And like other regions in the north, it's really varied in, in all kinds of ways, and particularly in terms of its people. And we've post-industrial urban areas cheek by jowl with rural, semi-rural towns and villages, and many parts of the region have high levels of ethnic diversity. But this all makes West Yorkshire a brilliant and exciting place to be. And I've got great plans to build on our strengths and address some of our problems. My vision for the region is absolutely, utterly rooted in my own background. I was born and raised in West Yorkshire. I grew up on free school meals in a council flat on a council estate in Batley with opportunities afforded to me through social security, council housing, free education, brilliant local libraries. And I know the power of politics to change lives because the actions of Labour governments absolutely changed mine. And because I know them so well, I believe in the potential of West Yorkshire's people and its richly diverse communities. Potential that can't be realized when decisions that affect our lives are made by strangers in Whitehall and Westminster behind desks in central London. And that's why this devolution deal is so important. Through the mayor, the region gets new opportunities to build a strong and resilient and varied economy, building on what's already here and attracting new investment. But of course, we need to do more than just develop the economy. I want West Yorkshire to be the future of the green economy, innovative and inclusive. I want us to be a powerhouse once again, making the best possible use of green energy, leading the way in digital, and you won't be surprised to know the creative industries, reaching into every corner of our region. 
I want us to hit our target of being net zero by 2038 and to do that in a way that's that's inclusive, creative and productive to involve and engage citizens in all our towns, cities and villages. And as I keep saying, I will be the first woman and certainly I take that responsibility very seriously and I'm determined to be a different kind of leader. As a Labour and Cooperative MP, I will take a very cooperative approach, a compassionate approach to leadership, working with citizens, communities, businesses, trade unions and local leaders across the region to do things differently. All too often, politicians make decisions based on when the next election will be. Of course, we know politicians need to win at the ballot box, but that approach can mean that long-term planning and sustainability is not always front and centre. I'll make sure that any decisions I make are backed by local communities and guided by their long-term impact on the region rather than any short-term gain. It's particularly important since some of the numeral powers are about bringing people together to get things done. And I want to develop new ways of doing this, involving people in, in helping me make those decisions. It'll be about engaging citizens in a more meaningful way and exploring how we can use citizens assemblies and similar deliberative methods to make decisions for our region. So I'll reach out to underrepresented groups so that everyone can have their voice heard. But all the so-called so soft powers in the world will not bring about the recovery we need from the effects, not just of COVID, and they have been substantial, but also years of decline in our traditional industries. COVID-19 hit us after a decade of austerity and underinvestment in the North, during which West Yorkshire and its people have been consistently undervalued and underestimated. We know, don't we, this year has been so hard for so many. And while we hope the vaccine is helping us get past the worst of the pandemic, we don't yet fully understand its true impact. If I'm elected, my priority will be to lead a fair, just and inclusive recovery. I'll press the government for a regional recovery fund to build a post-COVID economy and society. I'll refresh the West Yorkshire Economic Recovery Plan, use this as the basis to secure support for at least £85 million worth of recovery across West Yorkshire, tailored to the specific needs of our rich variety of communities. Many businesses, large and small, have suffered badly during the pandemic. Lockdowns have put restrictions on trade, particularly hospitality, creative industries and the retail sector. A fair, just and inclusive recovery needs businesses to be productive and to create good jobs. I'll work with partners in the region to review existing grant and support programmes to make sure they're co coordinated to help businesses to recover and to grow. And I'll have skills over further education, so I'll make sure that that all adult education includes an element of digital skills as nearly all work now needs a basic knowledge of tech. Working with our brilliant tech sector and universities together, we will develop a digital academy for the whole of West Yorkshire to equip our young people with the skills required to be the in innovators, the entrepreneurs, the engineers and the creatives of the future. I'm particularly concerned about the challenges young people have faced during this period, and they have had a really rubbish year. And I will do everything I can to help those who've lost jobs or been unable to find them. I'll ensure that all young people out of work for more than six months will have an offer of a job, education or training by bringing together national programmes, local schemes, local employers to work in communities, helping to open up opportunities across the region. I'll establish a Mayor's Youth Employment Scheme through a kickstart gateway to help create a thousand jobs for young people in the green sector. This will provide a mix of employment opportunities, especially in SMEs, social enterprises and cooperatives focusing on the green economy. Together with our local great councils and partners, I'll bid for the government's levelling up fund and I'll lobby Westminster to gain full control over West Yorkshire's proper share of the promised UK Shared Prosperity Fund. 
Devolution should mean local decisions being taken locally, where we have a direct understanding of the needs of the region. And certainly having, I don't know if you had a chance to read the COVID recovery um, commission's notes uh, today, they've launched it. It's really, really excellent. I do um, uh, suggest it, it's worth a read. Their recommendation is the government should use its white paper on devolution to give Metro mayors in England responsibility for reporting on and introducing a strategy to tackle the leveling up agenda in their combined authority with the requisite powers and funding to make an impact. Isn't that uh, a really brilliant suggestion that we take responsibility in our communities for that leveling up, but we are given the powers and the money to do so. So, as I mentioned, the creative industries are prioritized skills and training and lead a creative new deal to ensure our creative industries are part of the broader recovery strategy. This will put West Yorkshire talent at the heart of one of our fastest developing sectors, generating jobs and kickstarting local economies. I'll seek government investment to build on the 2,200 businesses and 25,000 jobs in arts, culture and entertainment across West Yorkshire. Working with partners such as the BFI, I'll identify a location for the Film Studio of the North. We need one, there's going to be one, and I want it to be in West Yorkshire, bringing jobs, training and opportunity to our region. We also need to get more people back into our town centres. Working with local and touring arts organisations will turn empty shops into venues for pop-up and immersive experience, revitalise heritage buildings for live performances and creative skills development. We have some amazing buildings and scenery in this region, and I want to open the door for international production companies to come and film here in our beautiful locations. This brings me to environmental policy. The climate change emergency is real and is affecting homes and businesses around the region. We need to take immediate action to accelerate investment in things like hard flood defences and natural flood management. But we also need to make sure we take environmental factors into account across the board. In other words, everything we do has to measure up to hitting that net zero carbon 2038 target. And for instance, the 5,000 homes I intend to build need to be sustainable as well as affordable. Existing housing and public buildings need to be retrofitted to make them fit for the future. We urgently need to fix our transport system. And I want to invest in green tech for buses and lorries, provide more charging points for electric cars and encourage cycling by introducing cycle rental schemes which are accessible for everyone. And as the MP for towns and villages for five years, I know our bus network is broken and we need a bus service that absolutely serves people rather than profit, which is why I want to bring buses back into public control. I'll join up transport services across West Yorkshire, delivering a mass transit system for Leeds that connects all of our region by 2040. And I'll make the case to government for funding to achieve this. And in the meantime, I'll ensure that the 317 million pounds of capital funding devolved to West Yorkshire is delivering what the region needs. As mayor, I will be your champion. I'll be fighting on the national and international stage to bring in funding and investment across West Yorkshire, not just for our big cities, although they are brilliant and they need that support, but also for our towns, villages and former mining communities. I will also need a recovery based on good work, not a raise to the bottom on pay. I'll introduce a new fair work and employment charter and spearhead a campaign with Living Wage UK to make West Yorkshire a living wage region to keep that pound here in West Yorkshire. A fair, just and inclusive recovery needs to be exactly that. And I believe that much of what I'm proposing will achieve it, but just to make sure, I will be appointing an inclusivity champion to look at everything we do and check no community in the region is left behind. So my vision, I hope you'll, you'll agree, is bold and ambitious, and I'm genuinely excited about what our future can be if we seize the opportunities before us. 
I want the best jobs, skill and life chances for the communities I grew up in and the people I grew up with and a recovery that works for all of us. And I believe that as mayor of West Yorkshire and working together, I believe we can achieve it. So thank you. And I'm really interested to hear your questions. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tracy, for that really uplifting and inspirational um, vision for West Yorkshire. Um, I've got a few questions for you, if I may, before we kind of open up the floor. Um, and I'd first like just to ask about your kind of personal story, your candidacy. So obviously you've had three decades of experience in the entertainment industry and you talk a lot about cultural led regeneration in your pitch. To what extent is that directly a product of, of, your, of your past or is that something that you think is already there in West Yorkshire? Well, certainly I, when I speak to people about um, having been an actor and a writer, there is um, uh, sometimes a lack of understanding about what the job actually is. And it is a really precarious industry. It is the original gig economy. Mm -hmm. And having gone from... Uh, my, you know, my background, not knowing anyone, uh, not having any family money. I didn't have a, um, uh, I didn't go to drama school. Mm. I started in London sleeping on people's floors, trying to get going. I was in a cooperative for five years, um, but I had a lucky break and um, I had a really fantastic career, mm. but it is hand to mouth. My husband is also in the creative industries and the pandemic has hyper exposed those who are freelance and self-employed um, to a, a lack of understanding about that lifestyle from government. Certainly trying to make the case as the co-chair of the all party parliamentary group, Gaps in Support, that those people who are PAYE freelancers haven't had a penny. Mm. The new starters, we really had to fight to get them any money. Limited companies where big, like the BBC encourages um, uh, uh, their workforce to become companies, then they didn't get any support from government. Yeah. There's been three million people who have left, been left behind. So my worry is that working class talent will mm. um, leak away. And it's something that I'm really, you know, determined to ensure that everybody has access to uh, a, a, a career in the arts if they wish. Now, what you asked is what we see across West Yorkshire. Mm. We've got some fantastic youth groups. We've got some fantastic outreach work. But I think there is an opportunity to... Um, say to our the diverse communities across West Yorkshire that this is also a job for you and when I was um, setting up with West End director and producer we put on uh, Les Miserables in uh, um, in homage to Joe Cox uh, mm. Oxfam gave us their warehouse 110 young people uh, uh, had rehearsals at Leeds University residential so they got to know each other really well and get to, got to you know accept each other's differences but trying to get um, South Asian young people to be engaged you, we had to do loads of work with parents and schools and my friend Afak said the way we pronounce doctor uh, actor uh, Tracy is doctor so you know it, it's about getting that message across that it's great careers so Dev Patel is my hero at the moment um, so there is good work happening but I think it's not just about um, the in front of the screen. We have a brilliant uh, company called Production Park. It's an uh, in Wakefield in an ex-mining town. They bring international superstars to rehearse in Wakefield in their massive studio. But all of those opportunities there for young people through their Backstage Academy are hugely successful and they've got almost 100% employment rate. So we do have brilliant examples, but we also have cold spots as well. And I'll be using my contacts, my experience, my you know convening powers to bring people to our community to say, we are ready for this. Uh, we have the skills, we just need the opportunity. Super, no, that's brilliant to hear. I'm really pleased to hear you pick up, especially around kind of those with working class background, those in precarious jobs. Um, and those from other minority groups, like, brilliant to hear. Um, I guess on, on that theme and picking up what, what you said in some of your opening remarks, like, obviously, in terms of gender representation, as we've said, you would be 
the first female Metro mayor. And I understand the latest stats show us that only 15% of local authority leaders in England are women. Um, why do you think that local government has such a bad um, diversity of representation problem? It's, it's concerning. I would say in West Yorkshire, we have Susan Hinchcliffe, Kirsten England, Chief mm -hmm. Exec in Bradford, um, Jackie Gedman, uh, some brilliant council uh, officers in Kirklees, Mel Meggs, uh, name checking some of the great women mm -hmm. that I work with. But it, it, is a, it is an issue, but I am hoping to shake things up a bit because that is the only way you get change is if, if you have someone new around the table. If you mm -hmm. have the same people around the table dealing with a problem, you're gonna get the same answer. And we know that there is, evidence that uh, diverse businesses do better uh, mm -hmm. and are more resilient to, to um, economic impacts. So I will certainly be leading that charge. I can't um, talk about it and then not do it. So um, it'll be something I'd be very uh, focused on and making sure we deliver for our community. So, um, you know, the role also incorporates the police and crime commissioner. Mm -hmm. And whilst there's great work already being done at West Yorkshire Police on uh, uh, bringing in diverse members of the community, we have to do better mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that our police force re uh, reflects the community it serves. Yeah. So that's about, you know, um, support, uh, mentoring. There's some great work already being done and I definitely build on that. Super. And may I just take that question one step further in terms of, you know, it, it's great it would be great to have a female figurehead. I suppose, are there any kind of harder things like quotas or things like that that you think should be introduced in order to kind of turbocharge the um, introduction of more diverse voices in local government? Well, I, I haven't actually thought about um, whether there should be that sort of hard change, but it certainly worked for the Labour Party that uh, all women shortlist meant that actually I'm very proud that the Labour Party has got very, really um, excellent representation across the country, across um, uh, ethnicities as well. The first ever Sikh woman MP, the first ever turban wearing Sikh MP, some brilliant um, shadow, shadow cabinet members, David Lamy, absolutely extraordinary politician. Um, so, you know, we have had that, um, you know, that commitment and you have to have the commitment from leadership and that's certainly, it will come from the top and everybody will be alerted to my direction of travel, no doubt yeah. about it. <laughs> Brilliant. And just moving on to your, your vision for West Yorkshire, so you really passionately set, set out um, what you think you, you see as the kind of economic and social challenges. Obviously, the, the, the Conservative government have kind of capitalised on this term levelling up and they have very much pitched the West Yorkshire mayoralty as, as part of that. Um, you also mentioned in your opening remarks that, you know, there may well have to be, and on the back of the Commission's recommendations today, um, further devolution of powers to mayors. I mean, not wanting to jump one step ahead too quickly, but... Obviously, if, if elected mayor, you'd have, you know, remit over transport, adult skills, planning and housing. Are, are there kind of more areas you think should be given to mayors or is it a deepening of that control? How do you see the power of mayors evolving? Well, certainly I have to win first, <laughs> um, which is a, a, a good first step. But the, what's been very interesting is that the powers are very different in different regions. So, for example, Andy Burnham has health. Um, Dan Jarvis is not the police and crime commissioner. So um, there, there are local variations. Mm. Obviously, they're negotiated by local leaders um, to respond to local challenges. But I do think that this is the flaw. It, it, you know, it's not the ceiling. This is the beginning, surely, of an understanding that our regions need to have agency over their lives and their destiny. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is to have that uh, local leadership working with local councillors and the government to get things done. But I would say as well, it has been quite um, eye opening that in this mayoral race, um, the Conservative candidate, it doesn't look like he's getting much support from his colleagues or from, from the government. I mean, I don't know the financial arrangements or anything, but it does feel like um, the, the Conservative Party almost disregarding West Yorkshire. 
And if I was a conservative voter in West Yorkshire, I'd be pretty disappointed in that response because surely you have to fight for every vote. And this is an opportunity for the conservative government to lay out their claim about their respect and their, uh, for the North and how they value the North. Um, and yet I don't necessarily see that in the candidate. Um, you know, I've had all the front bench up, my, the leader, loads of support, the sense that, you know, we want to make the case that West Yorkshire will flourish under Labour, but we haven't really had that equivalent from the Conservative government. So um, I think that's a missed opportunity to have a more robust, challenging debate about what does it mean devolution for our region and where does government fit in and yeah. government has its role to play and yeah. um you know they've been pretty quiet and it feels a bit on the sidelines which is a real shame because you know people need to see um what the government's view of leveling up is in you know good granular detail so that they can make a a, a very informed choice yeah, it's interesting you should say that, actually, because one of our recommendations as CPP has been very much to support the idea of a kind of cabinet of mayors so that whether it's government or opposition party should should really foster and nurture those relationships that they have with their with their people leading the, the regions um, of the UK. And and perhaps that could be a, a way a way to institutionalize that really strong relationship that sounds like you already have with the, the leadership. I, I would say as well that being able to work with Andy Burnham and Steve Rotherham and Doug mm. Jarvis would be an amazing opportunity about economies of scale, about mm. um, constant mess consistent messaging. I know that Andy Burnham has a Fair Work Charter, so does Steve, to say to our communities, you know, we we cannot stand by and allow people who are in work to be using food banks and living close to destitution. Mm. We have to, and we have the, the, the powers soft and hard to try and make that work. So the Fair Work Charter that will, you know, carrot and stick support companies that sign up um, with procurements and uh, for uh, uh, commissions and so on, if they support their workforce, because that money that is paid to, uh, you know, somebody that works in a, a small SME goes back into our community and, you know, you know, you know, builds our community. If everyone is living hand to mouth with far too much month at the end in comparison to their paycheck, then everybody is just getting by. And that's no way to to really uh, flourish as a community. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of related to this devolution point, like obviously you're currently a, a mayor in, in the region and you're- An MP, an MP. Not oh, sorry, sorry, currently a mayor. I got it the wrong <laughs> way around. You're currently an MP applying to be a mayor. So I'm kind of interested in this transition and why you think it would be, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what it is you think will be the improvement from being a mayor as opposed to an MP in terms of perhaps what you can achieve well, it's been my absolute privilege and it, can, it continues to be a privilege to be Member of Parliament for the, the community where I was born and raised. Um, it has its challenges being in opposition, getting things done. Uh, I've always been a collaborator. I'm happy to work cross party. Um, you, you know, there are things I've achieved that I'm very proud of, but I think as the mayor, uh, with 38 million a year and um, authority, authority and power um, over West Yorkshire as a whole, I think it's a chance for me to serve Batley and Spen in a different way. But I will absolutely take that experience of being the MP for towns and villages into my role as West Yorkshire Mayor if I'm elected, because we, we've always felt we get a poor deal. So the yeah. North-South divide is true but also so is the town and city divide. And it can't be right that you live 10 years longer if you were born, I don't know, let's say Ilkley, than if you're born in Dewsbury. This, you know, we cannot stand by and allow those health inequalities, those income inequalities to continue. There has to be interventions put in place so we can level up 
the whole of West Yorkshire. So everybody has um, access to the things that keep, um, keep us healthy and that pay the bills and give us time off to be with our families and, you know, potentially enough saved for a holiday with the kids. Yeah. It's really important that, um, you know, that it isn't just about the South getting everything, the North gets nothing. It's much more nuanced than that. And um, certainly that's the opportunity that the mayor gets over and above just being, well, not just, it's an amazing job being an MP. Yeah, super. And then into just picking up on the sort of dynamics of having a Conservative government and potentially being a Labour mayor versus being a Labour MP, do you, do you think it will change your relationship to central government? Well, I'm, I'm hoping so, because I must say that when I was trying to get a meeting with the Chancellor to discuss the three million excluded, question after question, month after month, and still no meeting. So eventually, after nearly nine, 10 months, we got one meeting with the Treasury. So I am hoping that I get more access um, I do believe that as a government, they are governing the whole of the country and I will be holding them to their promises and their commitment to their voters as well. Let's not forget uh, across West Yorkshire to make sure that they get a fair deal because it can't be right, can it? That the town's fund is going to, you know, some communities that are wealthier than communities in West Yorkshire. You know, it's really important to have a, um, a loud voice and somebody that can work with government and happy to collaborate um, in order to get the best deal because up to now we haven't had that strong voice. And during the pandemic, we, you know, as we saw with Andy Burnham in Manchester, to have that um, sort of focus point, that individual that speaks for all the leaders and their community, I think really helped Andy and for, and for the good of Manchester, really reset the weather about the support during the pandemic for hospitality and so on. So I think it's going to be hopefully turbocharging the relationship with government because now there's someone in post. Yeah, lovely. Because I know that leaders within West Yorkshire have held out against having a mayor for, for some time. So do you feel now that we've kind of got to a stage where the mayoral model has been shown to be really effective? Well, I'm not sure how convinced the Conservative um, government are about the mayoral, the, uh, rolling out more mayoral um, devolution deals. Um, I, I think it was, the, the, the mayor was attached to the money and this is the way you get the money. So uh, I, I do think we are all of the mind that this is going to be a great thing and we are going to make it work for the people of West Yorkshire. And working together, I mean, the way that our Labour councils across West Yorkshire have absolutely stepped in where government have failed, whether that's getting hot meals to hungry kids, uh, tech to kids who you know who are working from home and trying to study at home or rolling out um our local testing uh, tracking and tracing it was really yeah. brilliant in bradford and now the vaccine rollout which obviously it's local nhs and and volunteers yeah. so you know they've done brilliant work and certainly standing with them would be a great privilege Super. Well, on that very optimistic note, I will um, bring in our three live questioners, if I may. Um, so they're all from organisations who have their own interest in, in the region. And first, I'd like to bring in for a question, he's going to pop it up, there we go, um, Henry Lithgow from the Northern Powerhouse. Hi there. Thanks, uh, sorry for that introduction. As, uh, as I said, yeah, I'm Henry from uh, Northern Powerhouse Partnership. I work, um, work within the policy and research team. Uh, I've just got a question regarding um, HS2 and Northern Powerhouse Rail. So connectivity between Leeds and Bradford is a real barrier for employers trying to attract people in West Yorkshire, an issue that is as challenging between Newcastle, West Yorkshire and on down to Birmingham. To what extent will delivering Northern Powerhouse Rail the eastern leg of HS2 be a priority for you in your dealings with government if elected? And do you agree that building the eastern leg of HS2 from Leeds is vital for delivering the best northern powerhouse rail within and from West Yorkshire, particularly for ensuring that we can get from Manchester from Leeds with the line going as far as Bradford with the new city centre station replacing the interchange? Thank you. Thanks, Henry. 
Well, that's a great, great question, Henry. Thank you. And can I just say thank you to you and and uh, your organisation for all the policy work, the research that you do. It really does help fuel my thinking as well. So I am pro big infrastructure projects. Um, I'm pro HS2 and I'm pro uh, Northern Powerhouse Rail. It doesn't have to, I don't think, be an either or either. I think we need electrification. Um, we need uh, that intercity stop for Bradford because we can, Bradford will always miss out if there is that choice between Leeds that's on the direct line to London and Bradford. So I've been doing a lot of campaigning with Susan Hinchcliffe around this, and I'm really hoping that government sees sense that this is the, 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 the most impactful way you can help the people of Bradford. And we have a, a very young population. They are ready to deliver, whether that's on digital or whether that's um, you know, tech or manufacturing or great ideas. But if you're stuck on a, you know, on a, a, on a train that takes you forever to, to get anywhere, it's not going to attract business. But it's also about the interconnectivity and the whole um, that the whole plan. So I'm really pleased that we've got a cycleway between Leeds and Bradford, cycle superhighway. It's also other ways to connect these communities. But you, you know, you're absolutely right that we can't allow government because of the eye-watering cost to now look away from our leg of HS2. Um, because it isn't even just about connectivity to London. It's about that connectivity to Sheffield. It's about a, a capacity, about getting freight, um, uh, you know, off the roads onto the train tracks. This is opportunity for jobs in engineering and, um, you know, and planning and jobs in construction. We should not be turning away opportunities for investment in our community. And I know there's lots of people in the uh, you know, there are a number of people who are really committed to the green agenda that, re uh, that are frustrated um, uh, about HS2 and don't want it. But I think it, it can only benefit our community. What I would say, though, is that there are many who will be impacted and affected who will not benefit. And they haven't been genuinely listened to uh, by government. And I think that disregard makes people angry and frustrated. So it's it's both of those, um, the NPR and HS2 are part of my strategy. So thanks, Henry. Thank you very much for your question, Henry. Thank you. Um, next, if um, there weren't questions enough already, we've got Kelly Wally from Arup to join us. So Kerry, uh, the floor is yours. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, Tracy. Um, you mentioned, yeah, Kerry Wally from Arab, uh, also inclusive growth uh, ambassador for Leeds um, area. Um, I work in environment and sustainability, and you mentioned uh, climate change and resilience in your opening remarks. Um, clearly, we are in a climate emergency, an emergency that will have effects on, on our people in West Yorkshire even more acutely than COVID is, is affecting people now. Um, I'd be interested to hear a bit more about what you see as the main priorities and the main challenges uh, in terms of tackling the climate emergency and creating a sustainable economy for West Yorkshire. Thank you, Kelly. And can I thank Arup for your brilliant documents on suggestions for the mayor? And what great ideas. Yeah, just a great idea that talking to all your colleagues and consolidating your colleagues' suggestions, and I've got it printed on my desk, Perfect. and certainly will be a great inspiration um, uh, going forward about the, our quick wins, the things we can achieve um, swiftly, and also that, uh, helps my thinking in more long-term strategy. So uh, priorities and challenges well um we cannot have a just and fair recovery if we don't tackle um the climate emergency because how can you ask businesses in hebden bridge for example to get back on their feet after what should have been a once in a lifetime flood is happening every two years um it, it's unsustainable um we have to make sure that that we tackle the climate emergency and also support those businesses. So the mayor does have hard powers and money for hard flood defences. And I've seen them in action and they are expensive um, and, um, uh, you know, sometimes very disruptive. But 
absolutely vital for communities like Hebden Bridge, but we also can be creative and do more intervention planning. So slow the flow, one brilliant um, uh, bit of work that actually captures water further upstream, uh, working with farmers and stakeholders and others to acquire that land and to, 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 to get the farmers to maintain it so that the water is held back. Um, from flooding leaky dams. I, I spent a lovely afternoon looking at lots of leaky dams uh, going down into the Calder Valley. Um, there's lots of ways to do this and whether that's encouraging, um, you know, uh, people to change their front drives or water butts and there are small interventions that the, the, the mayor can do, but the, the big things are the most important and it is about the direction of travel. So my green recovery is that every department, whether that's housing, uh, skills transport has a green um, identity so retrofitting homes the, the homes that are built are green and uh, are heading towards zero carbon so uh, seeing situ in Leeds their ambitions and the way that they've set up their business to to build the homes on site the modular homes that are then just carried over the river and they're building a house a week Productivity in house building is the same as it was decades ago. We can um, uh, we can change that by going into uh, modular housing, greener housing, transport, green buses, electric buses. We have nine in Leeds already. Uh, we have the, op the opportunity with Optair to have more. Um, it, it's about getting people out of their uh, cars into EVs or uh, on bicycles and walking. Um, I know that um, I think it's 60% of the second-hand car market comes from fleet cars. So it's talking to businesses, trying to get businesses to be encouraged to get EVs as their fleet cars. Very frustrating that when we're working with the government that's just scrapped the subsidy on EVs, and they are so expensive. Uh, that subsidy was very attractive for a lot of people. Uh, when it comes to skills, uh, skills in the green economy, which is why I set up my, my um, a green gateway from the mayor's office for the thousand jobs for young people. Because talking to uh, Department of Work and Pensions and, um, uh, and the job centre, they are, they are really struggling. We know that the government have been rubbish trying to get young people on these schemes. But the, they were telling me they were struggling to attract young people because it was a six month job. It didn't feel like it was contributing much. And I think if we can identify the companies that are green, make the case that this is your opportunity to tackle climate change and the skills that you're learning will then be skills that with this mayor in charge, setting up and supporting companies that are in the green sector, that these skills will be of value and will be of value on your CV. So I think it's about that joined up approach and that direction of travel. Um, and certainly- may, sorry, sorry, may, sorry, may I come in with two more specific questions that yes. in the audience because uh, this topic has generated a lot of interest in the Q&A. So we've got two specific questions, if I may jump in, Kerry, sorry to- um, Firstly, um, was about whether as mayor, you feel like you have the powers to insist on solar panels on new builds of housing in areas. So that's one question. And the second question was your view on the expansion of Leeds Bradford Air. Sorry, Kerry, you're, you're knowingly nodding as if those are in your questions too. Certainly <laughs> the Leeds Bradford Airport one. Um, the solar panels, um, I've seen great um, initiatives done in very small uh, places such as schools, community centres. Um, there's no specific um, power per se around solar panels, but certainly that is a really um, important intervention that the yeah. mayor could do if, the, if it was possible or feasible to identify the funding stream that can support our community to do that. When it comes to Leeds Bradford, I know there are many varied um, opinions about this. Um, and those uh, on this call who've been on the Friends of the Earth call or, or hostings or, or many others will know that um, the aviation sector is currently on its knees. And um, what is important when we're talking about uh, innovation and tech, when it comes to air travel, that we do need an aviation sector that is 
prepared to invest in research and development. Um, so it's important that aviation is part of our national uh, contribution to, um, to our economy. Where the airports are, obviously, is a national, uh, a governmental decision. The expansion of the airport, I think, is uh, of value because it's taking um, a, an old, leaky, um, carbon-emitting building and turning it into a green building with zero carbon emissions. And I think that that is to be applauded. Now, when it comes to the doubling of um, routes, I think we are a long way away from that at the moment because of the state of aviation. I mean, it was announced today, I think potentially people can start booking holidays in uh, June. And we've seen a change as well in the way that we do business. Um, obviously those who take the most um, trips, uh, uh, the most flights are really quite a small group of people that I do believe and speaking to business leaders, they are in agreement that not only will there be changes about people going into the office and that people will now have a blended way of working, some at home, some in the office, I think there will also be an impact on whether people will then take as many flights as they have done. What I would say is you cannot disregard the people for whom this um, uh, impacts on their life and whether that's uh, on noise, uh, whether that's uh, traffic. We, that's why we need a train. Uh, uh, the uh, Appleby um, bridge line is really important to get people onto trains, get the cars off the road, but we can't uh, the travel to the airport, but we can't just push our, our um, flights to Manchester, get you know people from West Yorkshire in their cars to Manchester and then down to London and without taking some, you know, uh, having some responsibility yeah. for our own backyard. And if I may say, as the, just finally, as the just mayor, fine. you won't be surprised to know that I want us to attract inward investment, international investment, international students who will come to Leeds University, Bradford University, and they will come here by plane. So yeah. it's important that I'm very proud that we have an airport and it does um, uh, suggest we're open for business. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you, Kerry, for bringing in your question and, and starting that, generating that interesting conversation on, on the net zero topic. So last but not least, we have um, Sophie Timms, who's joining us from Keir Group. Sophie, over to you um, with your question. And Tracy, we've only got about 10 minutes left. So if you could be short yeah. this question and then we can just pick up on some final threads to wrap up. Thank you, Sophie, for waiting. Thank you. No, and uh, I'll be quick because most people have already nicked my questions. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yes, I represent Keir uh, Construction and Infrastructure Company. So very interested in your comments. Uh, not just about HS2 and, and the airport, which are key to us, but, you know, that whole piece about Yorkshire, West Yorkshire being, a, you know, a, a major hub, both domestically and internationally. Um, I've also got a vested interest because Bradford University was my alma mater, so I've got a very close affinity to the region. Um, so, I, I, so I guess, actually, I'm going to pivot my question and talk about the the link, actually, between schools, colleges, universities and and, and employers um, to make sure that you know we we're really really focused on that on that throughput into in from from academic life into into work and ensuring that we're really maximizing the value on apprenticeships um, social value is a big topic um, and you know in terms of public procurement any views around how we can really really make sure that the needs of the local region are fundamentally built into procurement. Uh, you know, cabinet officers set, set central government certainly targets of at least ten percent. So, and any views around how we how we make that better to ensure that jobs stay local and that there's real local skin in the game and legacy. Uh, well, I, I've been told to be quick, but I couldn't agree more with you, Sophie. That. We, we have to make sure we are robust enough to build our own homes, build our own ma manufacturing bases uh, from our local talents. 
and to you know and to keep that talent with us it is heartbreaking that um so many of our young students who come to our great universities then leave the region so it's important that we give them a, an offer for a great quality of life that's why a cultural offer is also important to keep that talent here but certainly in construction i'm very keen to see more young women go into construction uh, the the college in leeds is great um, I, I also think the apprenticeship levy um, is paid by large businesses and so often they don't get good value for that because they can't find the skilled workforce. Ocado, for example, is in my constituency of Batley and Spen, their head office. They pay the levy. They, they, they don't. I, they can't identify coders to bring in. So it's really important we have that joined up thinking uh, and that we can really make sure procurement stays within West Yorkshire. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sophie, for joining us and um, Tracy for that response. Brilliant. Well, just in the final few minutes, just wanted to give anybody the final chance in um, via all our social media channels to ask Tracy questions. But I'm going to just bring the conversation to a close. And if I may just ask you two final questions, which are very much two topics of strong CPP interest. So um, if you were to be mayor of West Yorkshire, you'd have your 38 million pound annual investment fund which um west yorkshire were it was great to see that it's majority able to be spent on people not just infrastructure so just wanted to get a sense of how in your mind do you see investment and in people and investment in physical infrastructure working together or what's the trade-off there um, there is a capital split. So there's the, uh, in the gain share, there's an, a, an amount of money that is ring fenced for capital. But it, what it helps us do, Zoe, is it helps us borrow as well, helps mm. us borrow to invest and to support companies um, yeah. by investing in them so that they can then go out and uh, match fund and so on. So this money yeah. is not just sat in the bank and we're drawing down where we we hopefully we'll be using it creatively, cleverly to get more bang for our buck and to support companies to then go out and bring the funding to have these ambitious projects that will then employ local people. Super, lovely. And my kind of final question is about how, if elected mayor, you will measure your own success. You've mentioned net zero being a massive priority of yours. You've also mentioned healthy life expectancy along the way. Obviously, we're looking, you know, looking to recover economically as well. How would you see success looking like for you as mayor of West Yorkshire? Well, um, certainly uh, less unemployment because our recovery from COVID um, has pushed so many people into um, uh, unemployment so that if we can get uh those figures down that would be great but if i could have another two more sorry zoe uh, yeah, yeah, uh, no, we can have the buses come back into public control yeah. uh you know into the control of the uh mayoral combined authority but also shovels in the ground for the mass transit scheme we've taught this 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 plan for decades now and i think the mayor gives us that really great once in a lifetime opportunity to push this over the line Super. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. It's been a pleasure to speak to you today. Um, if you haven't had enough already of devolution and all things good jobs, join us next week for an event we have on how to bring good work to an area. So join us for that. But in the meantime, Tracy, thank you. Best of luck for the, the final week. Um, and for all of you out there, whoever you want to vote for in the election, of course, um, make sure you vote. Local democracy in action. Um, and all the best to you. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Zoe. Thanks to everybody that asked a question. Thank you all.